Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I'm honestly getting pumped, man. We are one day removed from seeing the round of 64 of the NCAA tournament. Phidias spazzing over there as I talk about the NCAA tournament about to start in full tomorrow as we get to the round of 64. We really were having a very in-depth college basketball conversation in the fishbowl earlier. Shout out to Drew in sales, just going deep as well, talking about college basketball. We were discussing everything from, goodness gracious, the Elite Eight run that the Peacocks had last year going back to dunk city. We were talking about division two champions. We didn't even get to the tournament. We were talking about some of the D two stuff that have happened in the last 20 years or so. So we are primed and you can help us. You can watch the tournament with us at Carolina Alehouse tomorrow. We're going to be out there at the Carolina Alehouse right next to Concord mills. It's going to be a ton of fun. So we'll be doing a live show from 12 to three. I'm going to stick around a little bit afterwards. If you want to catch Wes, you got to come during the show, 12 to 3 p.m. <laughs> and a little bit before. A little bit before as well. So you'll have some time to come meet us. I'm going to have a little bit of, you're going to have a little time to meet me afterwards. Fiddy, I know you and Flounder might be going out there as well to watch some tournament games at Carolina Alehouse. To, to be honest, it all depends on you. Like if you're hanging out, we might ride up there and, and do some station stuff. If not... We're going back home because I'll have three to four screens at, at my disposal at my house. So it, it really depends on you. If you're hanging out, we'll ride up and sit I there with you. I probably will stick around, though, because that's right around my way. I'm not going to drive all the way back here to do more work because I can work remote on my other stuff. So I probably will hang out because that's right around my way. Oh, we're talking him into it, people. Wes yeah, is going to stick miles, around and have the fun. Yeah, six miles uh from my exit where I live. Well, I mean, look, I'm glad. Yeah, it sounds like you're having the inner conflict. You're, it sounds like you're arguing. Well, the more I thought miles. about it, I was like, yeah, why would I drop <laughs> all the way back down here? So what if we just all come and crash at your house and watch all the tournament <laughs> games at your house and just wake up and come to work together on Friday? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Well, we we could sip some of that brown liquor that you called me soft for not drinking. You yeah, maybe so. I'll go buy some. I don't have any on hand. I don't have anything. I don't have wine. I don't have anything. All right. So, yeah, you can be a good host, and then you can go get some of the spirits for we us. We get some for this weekend. Though. I'm going to have me some red wine. For sure. Well, I'm going to have something. Bob Marley. I'm going to have something. Yeah, that was so bad. <laughs> that was so bad. But I'm excited. Yeah, come watch the NCAA tournament with us. 12 to 3, we'll be doing the live show, and then afterwards, we'll be hanging out, watching in some of the other games and while you're there we can also talk about the brackets that we all filled out and put into the Wes and Walker bracket challenge that Wes set up for us all why don't you tell the people how they can join Wes yeah get on ESPN all right if you don't have an account create one and uh, look for the Wes and Walker challenge it's not and it's the sign what you said Walker you said that yesterday that's the first time I ever heard that ampersand ampersand. so there's an at sign and then then there's an ampersand so you don't type out A-N-D it's just the ampersand that you put in there if you know what it is yeah so you have that so the Wes and Walker challenge on ESPN is 
filling up. Like I said, it's unlimited spots, so it doesn't matter. We're already 50-plus uh, people that are, are jumping in there, man, to test your tournament knowledge against the three kings. We'll see how they're able to do it. You all right over there? <laughs> well, the thing is, as we and, and it's still not even working, so I'm okay. But if you want to peek back behind the curtain just a little bit, I just ran all across the studio looking for a pair of headphones that work. I think the adapter isn't working, so I'm kind of going in blind. So, Fiddy, just over the airwaves, I'm going to have to tell you some production stuff. You're going to have to give me a thumbs up when it's time to start talking after we get off of the bus. So why don't you open up the doors and then give me a good old bus driver thumbs up as soon as it's time to talk. Let's go ahead and do it right now. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Thank you, Mr. Bus Driver, taking us to school. And let's talk a little bit about the Carolina Panthers and what they've done in free agency so far. How about Andy Dalton? He signed a two-year deal worth $10 million with the Carolina Panthers. Dalton will receive $8 million fully guaranteed, and he can earn as much as $17 million if he hits all of his incentives. It might be hard, especially with Carolina drafting a QB number one, presumably all but a sure thing. But what do you think about Andy Dalton, somebody that you had in the top ten when we oh, did the best ten players in the Panthers and the Saints game? You got a top ten quarterback. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Can, 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 Considering those uh, guys. And I was also say, did you just see that uh, Baker Mayfield's going to Tampa? I did see that. Yeah. yeah. So some NFC South teams making All right. Moves. So uh, last year, like I said, the guy that you were hating on that Fiddy and I put in the top 10 had an 82.1 offensive grade from PFF. That put him seventh amongst Wait, Fiddy, all quarterbacks. Wait, you put him in the top 10? You put Andy Dalton in the top 10? Yeah, he game? agreed with me. Uh, he, I don't, the top 10 for that game, it, he agreed with me. I think he agreed for Jared Goff. It may, it may have been top 10, but I wasn't hating on him. Like, you gave Red Rifle... No cred whatsoever. By not putting him in the top. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. We're getting off. Yeah, top. the man ahead, had an 81.0 passing grade, six in PFF among all quarterbacks as well. Career best, 66.7 percent uh, passer. He had 18 touchdowns and nine picks. So he had a two to one uh, touchdown and interception ratio. I think this is a great get for the Panthers. This is a very dependable uh, backup. Whether you have to use him as a bridge before the rookie gets the reins of the offense, or this is a guy that if you do start the rookie and he goes down, uh, this is a guy that can spot you for a couple of games and you can feel safe about it. So I think this is a great, very shrewd pickup. I think this is an upgrade over Sam Darnold. So a uh, really nice pickup here for Carolina. Yeah, no hate in any context here, as far as I'm concerned. I, I like. I don't know how you can hate this move because Andy Dalton is not going to come in as the starter for the team going forward. He is not a franchise guy. He is not getting paid like a franchise guy. He is getting paid like someone that if he is asked to contribute, you will pay him based off of his production, given the incentives clause in this contract. And if he doesn't go out there, then you can use his mentorship, who's been in the league for a long time, who is at one point a pretty good quarterback with Cincinnati. You could argue above average. There's differing opinions on him, but I liked him fine enough in Cincinnati. I like this move. It is an upgrade from Sam Darnold. You paid for the upgrade. But that's totally fine to have a rookie QB here in Carolina with the number one overall pick at most, or at least I should say a top three, and then having Andy Dalton in the QB room. That makes a lot of sense to me. So I think we're all in agreement. Very shrewd. I'm with it. Andy Dalton, welcome to Charlotte. Also, welcome to Charlotte, Hayden Hurst. How about a three-year deal? Carolina extends to Hayden Hurst, the former South Carolina Gamecock. He played with the Baltimore Ravens after being a first-round draft pick 
with Baltimore, played with Atlanta for a little while, and then just Cincinnati last season. I like this move, too. It's not the greatest tight end in the world. Just a really solid pickup that I'm not real mad at here. Wes, what say you on the Hayden Hurst pickup? Well, you remember when we went through the tight end room, and I thought this was a guy that would be a really good pickup for the Panthers as well. Local went to South Carolina, so uh, that'll be a little bit of that fan base that you'll get, which I'm sure you already have a lot of South Carolina fans that are Panther fans, sure. but just as far as guys that are big fans of Hayden Hurst, uh, last year in an offense that featured, you know, Jamar Higgins, Jamar Higgins, wow, that'd be a great player, wouldn't it? Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, <laughs> he racked up 52 catches last year, so, um, you know, he looks to be a reliable target, and I told you for a young quarterback, a tight end is certainly something that helps them feel a little bit. Uh, more safe out there on the field. So this is a really nice pickup as well. Yeah, I just think two really solid pickups. It's it's one of those things that you feel positive about that in a vacuum is not going to make the Carolina Panthers a Super Bowl contender. It's not going to make them even a playoff contender. But when you add them all together, it speaks to good business that the Panthers are making right now. I like Hayden Hurst as a starting caliber tight end whose production last season, even if he barely got over 500 yards, that is more than the rest of the tight ends on this roster combined with their production. Ian Thomas, Tommy Trimble, even Steven Sullivan in the mix a little bit. So you have someone with experience. You have someone that was a pretty decent threat. I think he would have gotten probably 600 yards receiving with Cincinnati last year if he had played all 16 games. He did get hurt. And I think that actually kind of hurt Cincinnati's offense just a little bit because of that absence. And then Jamar Chase kind of getting back into the offense after his injury. So Hayden Hurst, a a pretty decent size pickup for Carolina. Same thing with Andy Dalton. Really like both of these guys for Carolina. And overall, Wes, we can get to just how much we like it, maybe a little later on by comparing it to some other off-seasons. But overall, I do think a pretty strong off-season with Carolina. The coaching staffs, the additions there are crazy. Like, the coaching staff, I have no problem calling that the best offseason of all time just with the moves you made on the coaching staff. With the players, just solid pickups all around, and they're not even done yet. Yeah, I think when you just put everything in its totality, the move to go up to get number one, some of the free agent pickups they've made already, and then the coaching staff, I think this is one of the best, if not the best, uh, Panthers offseason they've had at least in quite some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's more work to be done. Adam Thielen coming in for a visit as well. A guy they'll be probably looking to pick up and not let out of their building without getting a deal done unless, you know, he wants too much money which I don't expect he will because of where he's at in his career. Uh, I think he's probably going to sign with the Panthers. Uh, This is a place that he could come in and probably be no less than a number two. And I think at this point in his career, that's what he's looking for. So, uh, you know, they're doing a great job. Yeah, it all depends on what Adam Thielen wants. I want him. Even at 32 years old, even with his production slipping the last yeah, I mean, couple of he's years. he's been removed for a while. I, yeah. I can't suspect he's going to come in and ask him for an exorbitant salary. But, well, but but this is the question that I have. Does Adam Thielen want to go to a legitimate Super Bowl contender and be a third wide receiver, a really good one for a team? Or does he want to get a little bit more on his plate? As far as the production goes, maybe a little bit more money as well. Yeah, he wants to get that bag. But he with wants the team, to come in and get a bag up. But with but with the team that's not going to win the Super Bowl this year. That I don't know what he'll want, but we'll see exactly. Yeah, I, I Minnesota think decided Carolina's to his first visit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I, I think, think so. that that's because he wants to come in and be, like I said, no less than a number two. 
get his numbers up, and get at least another decent bag before he retires. There's still some work to do as far as the pass catchers go, but I do like Hayden Hurst, and we'll see what happens with Adam Thielen. We will keep you updated all day long on Wesson Walker. Continuing in the next segment, we'll continue to discuss Panthers free agency. Reports are that the Panthers are hosting Adam Thielen as we talked about. How do we feel about him being a wide receiver number one? But how heavy will the draft be dedicated to weapons when you discuss Carolina? We'll get to all of that in just a moment. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNC. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Fitty stink face, man. He likes it. It's a good stink face. Little Jimmy Cooks here on West Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I want to get to the text line. The Garage Door Guru text line. Oh. The number to text is 704-570-9610. A lot of good questions. One, somebody did say, 910 number said, who says the Panthers aren't winning the Super Bowl? And you know what? <laughs> I appreciate that kind of attitude. I do. Thank you, 910, whoever you are. <laughs> thank you very much for that optimism. 704, just thrown out a name to consider. Said, what do you guys think of DJ Chark? And can you see the Panthers going after him? Uh, I like DJ Chark. Yeah. Uh, that's someone that... So ha- Chris Mortensen. Yeah, I know that. Yes, I knew you were going to say. <laughs> Nobody let the legend that is Mort report... <laughs> get away with that one. Everybody was texting in. Doesn't he mean DJ Moore? Jeez. Get this guy out of here. He's a legend that just got his DJ receivers mixed up, man. It's all good. But I like DJ Chark. I think he had some upside in Jacksonville. Detroit took a chance on him. Remember when he came back from injury? I think he put up a pretty big game, maybe a couple 90 yarders, maybe 100 yarders there. You like DJ Chark too, Wes? Uh, yeah, he'd be a decent receiver. I mean, he had 30 catches last year, 500 yards. Injuries, though. So, um, yeah, I mean, he played in 11 games or whatnot. So I think he'd be a, a good pickup, good young receiver to take a flyer on. Like I said, depends on the salary, but you like the size, 6'4", 200. Uh, he's a guy that can, you know, get those 50-50 balls mm-hmm. down the field. So wouldn't be a bad pickup. I actually missed another 704 number, by the way. So two different people back-to-back said, who says we can't win a Super Bowl? These are the people that I want listening to the show with all of the optimism. Simon says, um, he says, if we're going to pursue a big-name wide receiver, I'd much rather trade for DeAndre Hopkins than sign Adam Thielen. I'll pose it to you. Which one would you rather do? Sign Adam Thielen, not giving up any assets? Or go after the better wide receiver and give up something to go get DeAndre Hopkins to pair with a number one overall it pick It depends what that something is. I probably wouldn't give up more than a fourth round. Of then you probably aren't doing it. Yeah. I, I would think it costs more than that. So yeah. it'd probably like third round. I mean, maybe even second for Arizona. I mean, 
Because I think there's going to be a market for DeAndre. I don't know if he's commanding a second-round pick anymore, especially with the stench of that PED suspension on him. Well, I mean, it's already gone. Nobody cares about PEDs in the NFL. Well, I'm saying the fact that he has that now, and then you question if he's going to be able to stay healthy without it, and that's more what I'm pointing to because he gets hurt a lot. And so now he's got the PEDs on him. So, now nah, I don't know about that. Man, I honestly, I don't care at all about the PEDs. I, I think it'll cost a little bit more. Like, not in the NFL, man. Like, you see a, a decent amount, and then they come back, and they're cool. Like, TD got a PED, you know, hit one time with Carolina, but we still view him as, like, it's fine for me. But I don't know if you're going to be able to get him anything less. A third round is probably what I would set the bar at. Like, I'd, I'd probably say, could you get him for a third-round pick? It gets dicey. And so we'll see how much you would be able to land DeAndre Hopkins or whoever gets him, what that package would look like in order to go get him. Looking at some other NFL questions just real quickly, uh, AJ Dynamite wrote in right at the beginning of the show, the NFC South is still within our grasp and the future looks bright. So if we compare what Carolina has done, to some of the other teams in the division, you're looking at Atlanta. I like Atlanta's offseason, by the way. I think they're also having a pretty good one. They bring back Caleb McGarry. They signed Chris Lindstrom to an extension. So both of those guys, good offensive linemen. You keep that at least potentially a strength with draft picks that you hit on. Both of them were questioned, by the way, when they were drafted a couple of years ago. And then you go after Jesse Bates to shore up the back end of that defense and, and you pay him a lot of money. We'll see what they do at quarterback, but they already have Kyle Pitts and Drake London in place. I'm not saying Atlanta's going to win the division, but if we're just talking about their offseason, I like what the Falcons have done so far this year, Wes. Yeah, I mean, they're all right. They need to get some pass rush, though. Like I said, it's cool Mm -hmm. to sign those DBs, but unless you get pass rush, it really doesn't matter. Um, A.J. Terrell's one of the good young corners in the league, but again, they have to get some pass rush, and they need to find an answer at quarterback. Uh, as well. I think, like I said, the team that the Panthers need to be worried about right now at this juncture in the the, um, NFC South is the Saints uh, with Derek Carr and and a pretty good defense and some decent weapons around him. So I think that's the team right now, in my opinion, to beat at this juncture. Yeah, Saints, they bring in Derek Carr. They lose Marcus Davenport. Who else do they bring in? I know they restructured a deal with Michael Thomas, so they got one done. Yeah. It's incentive laden. I think it's like a $10 million deal as is, 15 if he actually has some production. Yeah. So there's something for a Michael Thomas. But Derek Carr, pretty clearly the big signing that they have. You change quarterbacks. He is the best QB in the division right now. Now, I will say Andy Dalton graded higher than him if you want to do the pro football focus thing by a considerable amount. But Mm -hmm. Derek Carr is still the best QB in the NFC South. There's a new one, though. People have brought to the attention. uh, How about Baker Mayfield? He is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So he is back. He has crossed the country a couple of different times. Brought in to be Carolina starting QB. Goes out. Has one awesome game. On prime time, mind you, with L.A., and then they move on from him. Now he's with Tampa Bay. What do you make of the Buccaneers signing Baker Mayfield? I mean, this is it for him. This is going to be the litmus test. You're going to have wide receivers. Don't know what they're going to do at running back, but you're going to have a receiving core uh, that's that's pretty stout. So can you play with these guys? Can you win with these guys? I think this is the final stand for Baker Mayfield to prove if he can play any uh, in the league, because like I said, he's going to come into a, a solid group of weapons to throw to. 
980 number also likes Chark. Says he has a high ceiling for a number one. I don't know about that, but I like DJ Chark a part of this group. I'd be cool with that signing, you know, under the caveat about the contract. All of these additions are going to be under that caveat. But I'd like DJ Chark to be a part of this team. Big country. <laughs> I like that we have a big country and a little country, a part of the show Only right one now. country, damn it. Is that what you are? Oh, you're That's embracing it, it now? <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> yes, I, I want you to embrace little country. Uh, they wrote in Darius Slay, a couple question marks. What do you think about Darius Slay? Given the other Surprising. moves this team has made at cornerback, you think he's going to cost too much? Yeah. Okay, and that is Wes Bryant's analysis on Darius Slay. We will immediately move on. A um, couple of other texts we can get to 704 Because the Panthers don't have a lot of money, right? 610. Well, they, they were, have to have the cap ready to go by. Don't the teams have to have it done by Sunday? Or 4, 4 p.m. today. Okay. 4 p.m. today. Yeah. That's when free agents will become official. Legal tampering, obviously, has been happening the last couple of days, and that's why it's a big deal to see what happens with Lamar. Because Lamar Jackson is not represented by any agent. He's represented by himself. And so because you can't have tampering take place, it is only allowed at 4 p.m. And so that's why the Lamar Jackson question is so prevalent, more so on this Wednesday than it was on the Monday. Let's look back just overall how much you've liked their moves. It, when you compare this offseason to some of the other offseasons in the past, you think this is up there for number one Panthers offseason of all time, maybe in recent memory? I think so in its totality. Like I say, you look at the move to go up to number one and get your franchise quarterback and what was done there, and the fact that you still have pretty much a complete draft as far as the number of picks and where you have them. Then the coaching staff that you that you have assembled that's been lauded uh, by many pundits and people around the league, and then now making just good, solid free agent acquisitions uh, where you talk about bringing in an Andy Dalton, bringing in a Hayden Hurst, uh, bringing in a Von Bell, some of these guys that they, they're addressing needs. Now there's a draft. Uh, to happen as well. We'll see what you do with those picks. We know quarterback is going to be at the top of that list, but as far as what you do, what you can get out of uh, the rest of this draft, can you grab two starters? I think that's the key. Can you grab two more starters uh, out of this draft? But I think it's got to be up there. It it, it may be the best um, that I can remember. I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that it is because I think that coaching staff moving up to get the number one pick, all those things. Now, we'll see, obviously, as time passes, does that number one pick end up turning into the franchise guy they want it to be? But so far, like I said, it's just a very smart offseason by the Panthers. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I think it's a very smart one. I, I don't know if I'm ready to call it the best offseason. Coaching staff-wise, I'm cool with it. If you want to say coaching staff additions this offseason, that has been the best made decisions in their history so far. With players, it, if we are talking about the move to trade up to number one, that comes with significant risk. It's really exciting, and I'm here to embrace the excitement, but it still comes with its risk, and so I don't know if I can call it a slam dunk. You hit, and that's what makes it the best. And then if we do that, we have to move down to some of the players that they brought in, and that's why it's hard for me where each individual move they've made is a smart one. And that's why I want to give Carolina, Scott Fitterer, whoever's behind the decisions, I want to give them all the credit for it. But to me, it feels a little strong to say at least the personnel edition. And I know you're kind of encompassing everything involved here, and I get that. If we're talking about free agent signings, Bradley Bozeman, to me, is still the biggest deal that they've made so far. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I can say it's the best offseason ever when Bradley Bozeman is your biggest signing to this point. Von Bell is good, too. 
Hayden Hurst is good. Andy Dalton is backup QB. Just, it's a really, really nice offseason as far as smart moves all across the board. But, man, can we call it the best because of those? That's where I draw the line. Short. I mean, you look at 3 they signed Alon, Ricky Pro, Stephen Davis. That was pretty good. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's two moves in a row, and especially with Ricky Pro as the third best signing out of that group. I mean, Davis was a monster. His Super Bowl run here with Carolina. I mean, and we know what Jake did. Six, Eric Davis, Kevin Green, Steve Berline, Wesley Walls. Huge. That's a pretty good one. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, but but what I don't want to do is sometimes people will fall victim because of comparisons and things will fall victim because of comparisons. And so when I'm saying it's not the best Panthers offseason of all time, it feels like I'm hating on it, mm-hmm. which is far from the truth. I don't want to do that. It's a very awesome offseason, but I just don't know if I'd call it the best. Fiddy, you were making a stank face for something. What were you thinking about with this offseason? I was just going to say, with them trading up the number one, doesn't that trump? I mean, like they haven't addressed the quarterback position in five years. No, it's great. It's great. But, I mean, we don't, we don't know who they're going to pick. Maybe we could do this thing in hindsight. Because they've never had an offseason like this where, and like I said, it's all-encompassing. Coaching staff moving up for number one and some of the free agent moves they made to this point. I can't remember them having an offseason, I mean, this good. Well, you know what's happening here is that recent history has not been great, right? Like, if we th- we have to go back a decent ways to find really good offseasons. I guess, you know, last year, you go after Corbett. You go after Bozeman, who we're calling the best signing this season. So if you did it the first time, then you have to call it a pretty big signing the first time, right? So Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett, last year was the first offseason that showed some level of competency. The coaching staff additions, we also lauded, except for Ben McAdoo. But remember, you bring in... James Campen as the offensive line coach, loved them so much they retained him. So if we are lauding this offseason, you're doing it a second time. So you got a lot of the first time, right? Same thing with bringing in Chris Tabor, who they retained. If we're going to give him credit for this, we got to give him credit for it last year, too. So as far as the personnel goes, they made a couple solid signings last year. And those guys are something we're also praising this season. But when it was Matt Rule, when they were... You know, when when they had the offseason where they signed Cam Irving and Pat Elfline immediately as far as the legal tampering period was open, we were all destroyed. I think about, because my thing too with the coaching staff, I think about fanfare surrounding the coaching hires that they've had. I was not a fan of the Matt Rule hire. Uh, A lot of people thought that was dicey. Mm -hmm. When they got John Fox, I mean, it was solid, but nobody was running around like, oh, wow, what what a signing. Um, think about when they got George Seifert. I mean, you had Seifert, and then you got Peppers or whatever. Um, in that, in yeah. that, did they come in the same year? I think they came in the same year. No, they did not. Seifert coached them to that. No, Seifert and Peppers. I don't think he came first, and then Peppers came that off season, if I'm not mistaken. We can get our research team. On. But yeah, but um, I guess Seifert probably came with some fanfare because of what he did in in San Francisco. But other than no, that, I'm with you with the coaching. I, I other than that, just thinking of the, of, of a Panthers offseason in its totality. Now, like I said, there's a lot more work to be done, and you are correct. The number one pick does need to be, you know, it needs to hit. But um, I just think the aggression that they're moving with and and everything else that they've done, um, you know, like I said, I, I give it an A plus so far. Well, I mean, too, if the number one pick hits then that means it immediately gets compared to the 2011 offseason because Cam Newton hit as your number one overall pick. He took you to a Super Bowl. He won an MVP. 
So, okay, let's say the number one pick hits to its 100% percentile outcome, which Cam Newton was, you know, at least for a year, the 100% outcome outside of winning a Super Bowl. But even in that 2011 offseason, remember, they traded for Greg Olson in the best trade in Carolina Panthers history. So Cam Newton... But we didn't know that at the time. But... But, okay, if you're just talking about then, I still think people liked that move. They liked it, but it wasn't like, oh, this guy's going to become one of the greatest Panthers in history. I think Greg Olson was a better tight end than Hayden Hurst was, no, even he, now. he was, but even, I'm just saying, then. but nobody thought that, you know, at that time, nobody was like, oh, Greg Olson's going to be spe- as spectacular but, as he was. But my point is, if, if but my point is, if we're talking about Hayden Hurst and we like it, right? We liked Greg Olson even before the three straight 1,000-yard seasons. We liked Greg Olson then. Yeah, he was awesome in Chicago. Mike March didn't want to use a tight end. That's the reason they did it. And so you go after Greg Olson, who was a first-round pick with Chicago, and Marty Herney fleeced him. You know, say what you want about Marty. He absolutely won that trade. It was like, what, a third-rounder? Something like that? Just yeah. one pick? Okay. Go go ahead. <laughs> no, I was saying okay. Oh, no, I was saying you're, you're no, about to No, because I'm just saying that Olsen before stats. Olsen got here, he was 391, 574, 612, and 404 before the Panthers got him. And he had scored 15. He had 20 touchdowns in four seasons. So, I so mean, there's two years that surpassed the best year for Hayden Hurst. Not really, because the well, year before he got here, he had 41 catches. Hayden Hurst had 52. But, and I'm but, not but, saying but Hayden Hurst yards. is going to be better than – no, he had 404. But no, but Greg Olson had over 600 yards. Hayden Hurst, the most he posted, I think, was 571 with Atlanta. No, I think but I'm saying I'm that. But I don't. I mean, yeah, it's close. Like, I mean, I look. Am I crazy? Like Greg Olson coming in as a trade target, former first rounder, had yeah. talent. He wasn't awesome though. Yeah, like, but like, nobody like, was saying a guy that hated. But nobody but like was cheering no, that I, trade. I, nobody was saying a guy with forty one catches and four hundred yards. Nobody was like, oh, Greg Olson's going to turn into a three time thousand yard receiver. Even his first year in Carolina, he had forty five for five forty. I'm not arguing that. Yeah, I'm not arguing that Greg Olson. People thought, okay, great, we have a Pro Bowler, a perennial Pro Bowler. I'm just saying. Greg Olson, to me, at that time, was better received as a tight end than what Hayden Hurst is, especially when you're talking about Hayden Hurst also approaching 30 years old, too. Like, he was drafted already as an older player because he did the baseball thing. He comes out, he's already 25. And so it's not like we are getting ready for Hurst's prime. He's already past his prime. All That's all I'm saying. Plus, hell, we got the number one overall pick that year, too, from a Heisman winner. And I'm just saying, I think Greg Olson was looked at as a bust when you got him from Chicago. Ooh, that's he really strong. He was looked strong. at as a bust. He was a first-round tight end. Am I not Am I not oh, correct? Yeah, you are. That's what I'm saying. And so when you look at these numbers, he was putting up 39 catches, 54, 60, 41. I think in Chicago, that's why they traded him. Well, they looked at him as and it was an a awful, bust. But we've talked about this before. It takes tight ends to cook. And it takes a little while for some of these first-round picks to put up thousand-yard seasons. I mean, that's just—I mean, Greg Olson. Yeah. Anyways, I—I I didn't expect it to go there, but at the same time, I'm just saying. I'm I not mean, go- I'm just saying you. I think you when you threw it out there, you had the hindsight of what he did in Carolina behind when you got him, and I think when they made the trade for him, there was not a lot of fanfare around it where people were like, well, "Wow, this is a tremendous move." Well, let's go to the number one overall. It was a wait and see. So let's go to the number one overall pick, <laughs> right? Like if we're talking about trading for the number one overall pick, yeah, you had the number one overall pick with Carolina. Okay, you got the Heisman winner. Yeah, if we're saying the number one overall pick is the most exciting thing about this offseason, and Carolina gets your hair, the Heisman winner, like, okay, immediately up there. 
We can keep talking about it. 704 I'm saying it's all-encompassing, in my opinion, to this point. Coaching staff, trading up for number one, and some of the free agent moves you said already. I'm not singling out any one thing to say this is why. I'm saying in I gotcha. its totality, this is the best offseason they've had. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text in the Garage Door Guru text line. What do you think about this offseason compared to others in the past? Let's go to the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? Another team that we're hoping, and at this point, even Walker is praying, has number one pick in the NBA draft. The Charlotte Hornets, they got one step closer to that becoming reality with a 120-104 to loss last night. And, Walker, you said it was one of the hardest games you had to watch all year long this season for the Bucks. Explain. <sighs> they had a million turnovers, man. They couldn't hold on to the basketball. And on top of that, Eric Collins mentioned this, too. Not only were the Hornets turning over the basketball at every possession, but Cleveland was not. I think they only finished with eight turnovers total, but it took a while before they even got their second turnover into this contest. And the Charlotte Hornets, they would lose. Evan Mobley had 26 points in this one. So we could talk a little bit more about the Hornets later on. I want to do some NBA draft talk. A lot of NFL draft talk. Maybe we can talk about Scoot Henderson getting shut down for the rest of the G League season. And Woj coming out with the report about within the NBA that Brandon Miller might be passing Scoot Henderson as that second overall prospect. We'll get to all of it, but not before the campus corner. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Hit up those socials, Wes and Walker and WFNZ on Twitter and the WFNZ Instagram page. Join the Wes and Walker Bracket Challenge on ESPN Live right now. Brackets will lock Thursday at 12 o'clock, man. So we're trying to cheat. None of that. We're eliminating all of that. 12 o'clock at locks. Picks need to be in. And 100%. Now, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and now it is time for the campus. Kona. Oh, wow. That was, uh, yeah, man, yeah, that was a little different. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Bring your own energy today, folks. The Pitt Panthers got the dub last night. Very fortunate at the end of the game. Wide open three-point attempt for Mississippi State. Big brick thrown up, and the Pitt Panthers advance to play Iowa State. What did we think about that game last night? Quick thoughts on that. I mean, I was glad for the ACC. Pitt didn't look amazing in the win, but they looked good enough 
getting a dub for the ACC. Uh, I'm, I'm excited that an ACC team was able to win. I'm also excited that the real first couple of games in the NCAA tournament, the one between the 11 seeds, it delivered down to the wire. I thought Pittsburgh was going to choke and forego that game. Like Mississippi State with a couple of shots, a three-pointer, I believe a layup to get the one-point lead, and then you have Burton coming up big, hitting the jumper to give them the lead back. So I'm excited about the NCAA tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I don't know if this is some sweeping statement that the ACC is here, right? You won on a last-second shot against Mississippi State. Right. But we'll see what they do in the round of 64. Yep, we shall see. So the Duke Blue Devils, probably the most intriguing team or one of them entering this. What's the ceiling for John Shire? His recruiting is top-notch right now. If you look at 24-7 sports, their incoming class, five guys, all five stars. Now he's got an ACC tournament championship on his belt. He's shown that he can develop talent throughout the season. I think he's got a tremendously high ceiling. There were questions about it early in the year, especially when this Duke team was struggling so bad uh, offensively. But now just the development that they've had throughout the season, a team that had many question marks. Uh, when I talked to Derek Lively after the championship game, he said, you know, people thought we were punks. People thought we couldn't get it done. People thought that we were just a bunch of young guys. And he said, look, you know, look where we're at now. You know, he was just basically saying hate on us now. And this is a very, very confident bunch. But I think John Shire's ceiling looks to be high. I think he's going to keep the Duke program right where it has been. I think he's going to win championships uh, before it's all said and done. What say you? Yeah, I, I mean, you're off to a fantastic start. The question is, what does he do in the NCAA tournament? If you get... If you get an upset pulled on you against Oral Roberts, then people aren't going to be feeling nearly as good. Mm. And this is a real good team in Oral Roberts. It's not like they haven't done it before. It's not like they don't even have the guy that also did it before in Max Abemus on this roster. And you are still discussing a young team with Duke that, that does have upset potential. But if they get past Oral Roberts, which I know seems crazy to say, I am going to pick Duke once we fill out that bracket just as a spoiler. But... Yeah, Duke does have a high ceiling. And John Shire did a great job in the regular season in the ACC tournament. If he reaches a Sweet 16, I think you have pretty much received everything you could have asked for in John Shire's first year. Let's hear from Chip Patterson, and he thinks that this Duke team is giving him the vibes of another Duke team from a certain season. The thing about Duke is that we're seeing a lot of these statistical benchmarks that keep tying us back to 2010. Um, you know, the lowest points allowed average in conference play since 2010 the best this that of the other since 2010 and the makeup of that team was such a unit you know the like singler shire sure but you you didn't feel like nolan smith but there wasn't like one superstar and i i kind of get those vibes with this duke team i mean this was a team though they did have some shooters seth curry was on that squad uh as well but you know he talked about some of the stars mason plumley on that team, Shire, the now head coach, Singler, Nolan Smith. So this was a pretty good Duke team. Do you agree with Chip Patterson in no, this assessment? That, no, that that team was poised to make a run right from the get-go. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, Nolan Smith was awesome that year if you look up his stats. Plus, they had John Shire, the one I don't even want to bring up, Curry Kyle was Singler. ineligible, so excuse me on that. Yeah, yeah. So, so Seth Curry didn't play, but they didn't need him, right? I mean, yeah. you had a star-studded group right from the get-go. They had experience. They had guys that... Um, I mean, what were they? They were a favorite to win the championship that season. They were really, really good. I, I don't, I don't see that comparison. But I mean, maybe the stats are 
closely comparable compared to what they've done this year. I just think it, it's too hard to overlook the inexperience factor compared to what they had that year they won it in 2010 with the experience. Yeah, serviceable bigs uh, on this team as well when you talk about Lance Thomas and Zubek and all that those That's shoot too, so, by the way. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. So uh, let's flip the page, though, really quick to NC State. Just want to touch on them real quick. How much do we trust Terquavion Smith on this stage. We saw him light up Virginia Tech, then come out with a dud uh, the next game. Do we think that he has enough in the tank right now to put this NC State team on his back? Because we know he has two other great players, Jaquel Jordan and DJ Burns Jr., as well to help him out. But how much are we trusting Terquavion Smith right now with what we've seen? I'm not trusting him a lot. Complete wild card in this game. I have zero clue what I'm going to get from Terquavion. If Terquavion is on, I think they win. I think as much as there are any good players out there playing for their team, whoever you want to throw at the top, Terquavion matters to NC State and their chances as much as anyone. Because if you get Jarkel Joyner and DJ Burns and they're playing pretty solid, you're going to have a shot. But if Terquavion plays well, then I, I think you feel fantastic about their chances to move on to the second round. But I can't say that I fully trust him. We've just seen too many bad games from him. Since Valentine's Day, outside of the 30-point outburst versus Virginia Tech, his high has been 14 points. So uh, I'm going to say right now, I don't know what's going on with him at the moment, but uh, I'm not trusting Terquavion Smith much uh, either for NC State. Unfortunate for them, but we'll see. He could um, make us wrong, and I hope so for the ACC's sake. When we get back, we're going to talk NFL free agency, what happens with Lamar Jackson, and a whole lot more. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7, WFNC.